You're listening to Real Talk for Real Men, episode number 36. Welcome to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast. Lifestyle advice for men so powerful, you'll want to run your life on it. And now your hosts, Guy Mullen and Chris Field. Well, hello, men, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk for Real Men. I'm Guy Mullen. And I'm Chris Field. Great to be back with you again. And we have an old favorite back on the, back on the blower. Uh, we had some great feedback, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough in terms of what we delivered in the last podcast. It was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I've got my reason why, how, why I want to lose weight, uh, why I want to get fit. But I need, I, need some, I need some good ideas. I need some plans. I need some, to know how to use this, this testing equipment. How do I use the calipers? How do I use the heart rate monitor? What use are they? So we've got Andrew back on the blower. Andrew Jameson from FitLab. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Can we get a better how you doing than that? <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, that's better. Sorry, it's I've been... the, Kiwi, the Kiwi accent that messes Yeah, sorry. We're very, yeah, uh, Kiwi, Kiwi, Kiwis are so laid back. And, uh, it, that's just the way it is. But anyway, it's good to have you back on the blower. And we want to give some our men, and, and we do have some women listeners as well, some real practical down-to-earth advice on how they can reach their, their fitness, their, not their fitness goals, their fitness goals. So. Can I just pick up something that I remembered when we talked with Andrew the last time? There yeah. was a, a sort of a, something he said toward the end of that, that interview that I wanted to pick up, and I thought this might be a good opportunity before we get into technical stuff. Andrew, I remember you saying something back then about um, how that uh, even a program that works for people to make them fitter or uh, lose weight or whatever won't necessarily work the same over time. You remember saying something about that? Yes, yes. It's a, it's a very, it's, it's quite interesting. Like there's limits within everything, limits between people, limits of how much you can improve a particular area. Obviously, these are genetic or other other factors that involved in each person that will stop these things getting, you know, obviously just get infinitely fit if, 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 if it was able to just keep going and keep improving. So doing a certain training training plan that you might set yourself or a certain type of workout will eventually plateau. No, they all will, I guess, eventually if you keep going. So you need to think about mixing things up or um, changing things around and, and measuring things just to check that it is going the right way. Uh, a, a good example uh, of, of this, I, I, even in my own training, I've noticed it. Like you'll see, uh, like this year, I started off doing a certain type of workout, got some big gains, and then moved into sort of the racing season for, for, the, for the cycling, which is what I do. It just at a, at a master's level, and that's uh, it. Eventually, plateau like it just you got to a point where you'd done enough for the season, and your body was like, "No, I think you need to reset and have a bit of a, a short little break, and then go back to it again." You know, go back to something different, or go back to rebuilding. So you need to look at being able to tell when that's happening. Otherwise, you'll just be flogging a dead horse, just carrying on doing the same old stuff, hoping to get more improvements. But you need to need to be able to measure it and check to see how it's going. Well, we want to talk about measurement now, but we probably owe our, our listeners, some that have listened in and haven't caught up with you before, you want to just explain again who Andrew is and, and how he fits into the picture and why we're talking to him. Guy. Well, that's a good test to see who I was listening last time. So, so Andrew pretty much works with, with cyclists. And you hear some beeping going on in the background there. Oh. So he works with, with, with cyclists from the elite level down to people who are looking to start their first event and helps them to achieve their goals and uses science to do it. He's a, an elite cyclist himself and is based in good old New Zealand. The land of the long white sheep. Now, I'm just going to 
<laughs> for those who are in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, the, the New Zealand was originally called by some the land of the long white cloud. What's the word? Aotearoa. That's what I said, yes. And um, the, because there's so many sheep over there, was it 16 million at one point that they got to be yeah, called the land of the long white I sheep? I think I've eaten quite a few now or sold oh, them or something. It's not quite a yeah. Actually, Australia has more sheep. We have more now. It's, okay. just, the, it's just the person New Zealand has more sheep. Right. So here's the other point, though, that I, I picked up earlier with you, Andrew. People will come to us and they'll insist to us, oh, you've got to do this because it worked for me. And I think that's what I'm thinking about from our listeners' point of view, to spare them the agony of having to do what their wife or their sister-in-law or their brother-in-law or their work associate insists they have to do because it works for them. Because you've just admitted earlier that even the same thing that works for you doesn't always work the same over time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you've got to, like with anything, you've got to prove your sources. It's, it's like looking for scientific articles on the internet. You know, you've got to make sure you're getting things from the right place, getting your right information. But even when we've got that right information and we know that, say, doing this particular routine of whatever it is, whether it's certain type of intervals or strength training or whatever, um, lifting a certain amount of weight, whatever it might be, is going to keep improving us. And we need to we need to uh, check that and measure it just to make sure that we haven't outdone that system. You know, that system might be as fit as it's going to get for a while. We need to change the way we do it. Yeah, so even something that works will, will change over time and it won't, won't get any better. It'll just plateau. So, um, so there's, there's means- only so far. Okay. Well, Andrew, that leads us to the question of just how do we keep track of that? What's available for us ordinary everyday jokers to be able to use to kind of help us figure out what is and isn't working? So I guess there's, there's sort of two sides to it. There's, there's measuring and tracking what you're doing while you're exercising. And there's also tracking how that's going in the big picture. So from that month to month or in the long-term picture, how are we going to track it, track it there? So on the short term in the individual workouts, you need to look at uh, something to, something that's going on in your body. So something like a heart rate monitor is probably one of the cheapest, best tools you can get. So, when so they, when isn't the, isn't out, the fit, sorry to interrupt, but isn't the, isn't the, I've got a fit, I've got a, uh, a Fitbit, you know, a smartwatch and that measures my heart rate. Is that sufficient? There, there's, there's different types of, yeah, heart rate monitors. So a, a Fitbit, I'm not entirely sure exactly how accurate they are. The, the issue you need to look at with each, each device that you might get would be how often it records heart rate. So is it recording or is it displaying heart rate? So is it displaying it on a second by second basis? So when it changes, it records, it shows you straight away within a second of what that heart rate was. So every second it's showing a new heart rate or is it a more long-term so it's sort of shut down and just sort of do it every minute or whatever. So, so when we're looking start. at those, we're looking to buy a device then, uh, how, what stats do we need to look at? How quickly does it need to be able to, capture our heart rate if it's to be of use to us realistically second by second would be good uh you could probably go a little bit longer than that a few seconds but they'll probably be like a second or they'll be like a minute or five minutes or something so it'll be it this the normal standard heart rate monitor that's not clever just a dumb one that just measures heart rate will be second by second most likely right. uh so something like from polar that's just a heart rate monitor uh, might cost you a hundred bucks for a polar one, which is like the brand used to be the brand, you know, when, when they all came out, uh, or you could buy something cheap on, uh, I don't know what you guys have over there, eBay, uh, for, for 40 bucks or something like that. So, um, 
yeah, a, a cheap one will probably work exactly the same way as an expensive one. It's just a question of, um, I guess, design and branding. So, um, yeah, they measure the same way. So but that's, the that's issue, the, Isn't the issue then knowing how to use it and when it's exactly. important to make a note of what the changes are and all those things? Exactly. So the other issue, something we've covered a couple of times, is how everyone's different. So heart rate is one of the great ways of showing this. Uh, you could have two guys... Uh, they could even be twins, and one would be exercising at a certain level. They'd be both the same fitness level, but one's heart rate could be 20 beats higher than the other, but even though it's the same fitness level, they're just as fit as each other, but their heart rates can be totally different. Some people will have a, have a higher maximum heart rate um, and a lower or a higher resting heart rate. So everything varies within that. So if you've ever looked at training intensities and zones in a gym and they have a graph and show you what exercise... Um, intensity should be doing for a different um, level or your fat burning zone or whatever it is, they're all based on a maximum heart rate that's usually a formula like a two, 220 minus your age or, or something like that. And the issue with that is because everyone is so different, it's wildly inaccurate. So you need to find a way of calculating zones that is based on you or based on the individual. Um, I can, I'll put something up in the, in the show notes or provide something for you guys to put in the show notes that will help them work out zones a bit more effectively. And that will usually involve a, some sort of a test, uh, whether it's um, a short period of time or exercising at a certain intensity for a short period of time or doing a couple of short little um, timed efforts and working out what your heart rate is at the end. There's different ways that we can do it, but we, we need to get a measurement of how you, an individual responds to exercise and then good, use good. that to guide yeah, that sounds absolutely essential for each of us individually. We need to know how much exercise we need to do to get us into that fat burning zone where we're actually doing some good. Are we doing too little or are we doing, are we doing too much? And so, yeah, if you can put something together for us, we'll definitely put it in the show notes of how we can calculate that on an individual basis. That would be awesome. Yeah, like it's, I mean, for example, your guy, you could have a heart rate if you're training at. Um, you know, an ideal aerobic zone or whatever it is, yours could be 20 beats higher than mine because it just so happens that your genetics make, make you that way, whereas mine could be lower, maybe, maybe because I've done endurance training for a long time or whatever it is. It might be there's different reasons and different things that affect it. So everyone is so different. Uh, and, and also, just while you're talking about there about the fat-burning zone, it's a bit of a, a funny concept that got quite popular in the 90s and it, it's probably doesn't Really, you don't really want to apply it so much these days. It's it's sort of a, a designated zone that if you, in theory, if you stay in that zone, you're going to be burning your optimal amount of fat. Now, I, I don't know if you, what you know about stats or what your backgrounds are, but well, I know yours, guy. But um, stats can be have a way of showing something that isn't totally real. If you look at, you need to look at absolutes, or you need to look at percentages. You know, a couple of ways you can look at something, and the fat burning zone is looking at a percentage. So, yep, sure, that zone or that particular zone that I've come up with, there's an ideal range in there, an ideal number in there, intensity that you're going to exercise at that will burn the most percentage of fat. But if you're trying to look at burning fat, you probably want to be burning the most absolute fat. So, or the most absolute uh, energy that will cause fat to go down. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a funny sort of a, a way of looking at it because, it, yeah, you want to look at, the most you're getting rid of the most fat rather than just a percentage of um, like an intensity that will burn the most percentage. So actually by exercising harder, you will be 
uh, metabolizing more fat in the long run. Um, sorry, that's just a just an aside about that fat burning zone. Does that yeah, make just, sense? I'm, that's I great. Thank you. Yeah, but let's just, just go back to this um, uh, heart monitor again. Yeah. I guess I'm thinking about the, the guy who's decides he wants to do it and doesn't want to spend hundreds of dollars at a gym, doesn't want to get a, a fitness consultant. I'm going to assume that one of the things we need to do right up front is get some kind of benchmarks, our resting heart rate, our heart rate under certain levels of intensity and kind of write those down. So at least we've got a, a measurement point to, to, to gauge ourselves against over time. Exactly. So that's, that's the whole, pretty much the whole basis of my business. I'll, I'll get a client, a new client will come in and I've got a, a, a battery of tests that I run them through. So there'll be, I'll measure their blood pressure, I'll look at their resting heart rate, I'll do skin fold, so skin fold calipers, so measuring their body fat with skin fold calipers. Uh, i also put them on a, I've got a certain scales, a, a, like it's like a normal bathroom scales, but they have body fat and a whole lot of other things in there like muscle mass and water. And, One set of scales uh, can separate out what I'm putting on the, the scale? Yeah, well, there's, there's a, it's, it uses bioelectrical impedance, so it's measuring your body's resistance to um, electrical current, very, very, very small one. And it can work out. Okay. Don't try this at home. With that scale. <laughs> I've got an electric uh, fence, and I'll try that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd probably work for you, maybe. I don't know. Well, <laughs> um, okay. let me know how you get on. Uh, so it, it, the computer inside the system will look at when a person's electrical impedance is this, then this means that this is how much body fat they've got or this is how much okay. water they've got. So it's, it's not directly measuring, but it is, it's pretty accurate in, uh, in comparison to, say, a DEXA scan, um, which is the more the bigger system that a hospital or someone like that would use. Um, so they're pretty good. They give us a pretty good picture, and they also, my ones, show what's in your right arm, your left arm, your right leg, your left leg, so you can cut in your trunk so you can compare all that. And, but more importantly, you can track it over time. Um, in terms of a expense, you could probably pick one up for a couple hundred dollars. There are a lot cheaper ones than that. That's the one that measures all the arms and legs and things. So they're not, it's not a really expensive thing. If you've got a whole lot of people in your family and you're wanting to, to do it, then it might be a good, good investment. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's another thing that I use. So just getting as many sort of measurements around, I guess, body composition and what the actual fitness is is very important at the start. And then we can go, okay, this is where you were. Let's see what we need to improve. You can get some sort of ideas around what, what is good now, what is what needs more improving, um, and, yeah, go from there. I would suggest that the, the place of the consultant is to have a look at that basic set of stats, the basic measurements about who we are and where we're at right now, and actually be able to read it in terms of what really needs to change. Because we might think that we've got to deal with something that's obvious because our wife complains about our belly or uh, someone else called us weak because we couldn't win an arm wrestle. But we focus then on things that might not be central to the, the as the far as the stats would, would reveal. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. Like it does potentially can take a, a more experienced person to see that. But on the other side having those numbers to start with and something that you can go back to and reference in terms of improvement is good. So you, you could actually do it yourself and potentially I could have a wee look around and see if I can find some, or even just, just from experience, put in some general numbers that might give you an idea of where you should be falling. Like things like body fat, it's easy enough to put some stats in and like on the, on the show notes and show you where you should be sitting. Um, and also different aerobic fitness. Like that's what's included in my, when I give someone a, the results for a, that sort of assessment, I will list a whole lot of stuff 
in terms of um, what, what I call it normative data, but just data from different studies and different pictures of different uh, these populations, whether it's athletes or whatever, and showing where, people, where they fit in, whether they're normal, whether they're above average, you know, whether they're potential to be an elite or whatever it is. But those sort of numbers, I can include some of that are applicable to, to just mainstream population um, in, the, in the notes, if you like. So that would, that would give people a, a way of seeing where they sit without having to hire, a, hire an expert. <laughs> so so um, what are the other things that a layperson should measure? Yeah, so we've got the heart rate. That's pretty straightforward um, when you've got, when you know what you should be doing with it, but we'll talk about that in a sec. So heart rate monitor, uh, uh, having a set of scales. Most people have probably got scales at home anyway. I mean, you can get them dirt cheap. If you do decide to go down that other path um, of the body fat scales, the brand I use is Tanita. It's Japanese. They're pretty good. There's other ones that are um, probably, you know, a lot cheaper. But generally that's that's a that's an option for something that's not too expensive that will give you a good picture of what's going on. Um, you can get some sort of cheap calipers and I can, this, I've got a little um, video on how to, how to do that. If you want to go down that path, that's getting, that's so, getting, so why, do you, why do you want calipers? I, I wouldn't want to put calipers around my <laughs> love handles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably, that's probably getting a little bit technical, but if, if someone was super keen to measure a bit more accurately, that would be an interesting way of doing it. And it is actually given Showing, uh, seeing how the, what the right technique is, it's not actually that complicated to do, but it would give a much more, more accurate picture. If someone's quite, um, probably a little bit larger or um, well, probably fairly typical in this day and age, that's just a little bit overweight, um, you can tend to use a tape measure and just measure your, um, round where your belly button is and then round your hips and you can compare the ratio. That gives you an idea of body fat. Um, it's a bit, obviously it's more vague. Um, so yeah there's different levels of you know how how hard out you want to get but tape measures easy you know everyone's got one um, yeah and then things like different uh, applications whether they you know if you've got your Fitbit then there might be applications that are involved with that that could be handy to track things over time um, and different apps that can be used so yeah that's that's a that's a rough that, that would be the monitoring tools and then obviously different exercise equipment, whatever you want to do. So um, typically most people that, that at home, they might just, they might not have anything. So they might want to just go out for a, starting with walking and then progressing to jogging, depending on how, how big they are, I guess. Um, and the, or they might have some equipment that they want to use. So the, the question that I have, when we talked about muscle mass a little bit on the, on the last show. Um, so, you know, if, if you're running out and you're doing, you're doing running or walking. Um, you know, I play, I play soccer in the winter and, and I do a lot of running in, in that playing in midfield. And I sort of wonder, am I actually breaking down muscle while I'm doing that? You know, as, as I get older, I'm already losing a bit of muscle mass. I've heard that it's sort of 2% a year or whatever. And I don't want to be losing, I don't want to be losing muscle mass. So can it be that you're doing your cardio work is actually counterproductive to to uh, when it comes to to your muscle, and sort of you yes, sort of no, like it can cardio can have uh, a cat, what they call a catabolic effect, which is basically eating eating your own muscles, uh, so wasting away. So that's this catabolic; it's using it as a fuel and, and and destroying it. But it is also something that we can manipulate or stop happening with some fairly easy things. So 
obviously we talked uh, last episode we talked about weight training so that's one way of stopping muscle mass disappearing so the strength work will help you replace it or can maintain it and then also build more um, so, things- so what's the rule of thumb then so just on that what's the rule of thumb then for weight training versus cardio so in terms of what you do or what how yeah. to maintain yeah so yeah. how much muscle how much muscle work i mean i, I don't know how you you, you actually quantify this but you need yeah, some way of working. Well, What's our ratio of muscle work to cardio? So, I would look at. I mean, when you're starting out, you'd be you're probably going to be doing fairly minimal, just so that you get um, compliance, I guess, or so that you you know you get yourself to do it. I would be considering, you know, maybe it's only 15 minutes for your first aerobic type workout, your cardio type workout. And the strength workout, if you like, what you can often do, you're already warm from doing your cardio. Maybe you just jump and do a few, a few weights straight after your cardio. So it might only be five or ten minutes, um, something like that. So make, what you want to do is something that you're going to do. That it, it, you, there's no point in having a plan that is amazing and, you know, you'll win the Tour de France with it. But if you're not going to do it, it's a complete waste of time, you know. So mm. it needs to be something that is doable so starting out it's going to be pretty small you know could be 10 minutes could be whatever just just to get you going and to get into that routine of doing it whatever it is three times a week or every day or you know miss miss one day usually at least one or three days a week to have a recovery um but that that routine of of getting into it but the strength thing can often be a a big uh put off to people just because it's like another whole thing and I don't want to do this whole routine that's going to take longer and maybe it doesn't have as much benefit as the cardio. So you can just tag on some quick stuff after a, after a workout and it might be just looking at doing some sort of all over type exercise, whether it's like um, a deadlift exercise, for example, is it sounds complicated and <laughs> you can, you can do it in a safe way, but it, um, it exercises most of your legs and some of your upper body. And so it's a good all over kind of strength workout and there's a couple of other exercises like that that can be good that might be what you want to do you might how about the humble push-up yep yep things like that that's a bit more concentrated so you're just really working your um triceps and your chest uh but yeah but nice and simple it's pretty pretty hard you know like it's not like it's an easy exercise to do um to start out with you're not going to be doing 60 of them or something so um you know if you get 10 done and you're pretty like oh crumbs that was hard you know that's a good you know, a good strength-based exercise. So there are, it needs to be, you know, like we are talking about before with, with, with um, well, we can cover this a bit more later, but with strength too, it needs to be mixed around a bit and changed around so you don't plateau. Um, but yeah, that, that mix, you do want to have a combination of the aerobic and the strength. And it's, it's um, and, and just an aside, we are just talking about, testosterone and things and or or actually we're talking about testosterone we're talking about catabolism or wasting your muscles away when you've been you know say you might go into a social soccer game what happens is you get a release of cortisol especially if you've gone pretty hard and that is a is a stress hormone it tends to degradate your muscle and it's something you want to get rid of reasonably soon after doing something like that so some type of aerobic activity that's caused that so it's, it's designed, obviously, to make you leaner and faster as an aerobic-type athlete. Then that's, that's kind of why it's there in your system, to, to lean you up and to make you more endurance-focused. So to shut that system off, you can actually you can do two things that can control that. 
So you can either have a pro- have some recovery food fairly soon afterwards, so a bit of protein and some carbs, and that, that holds the cortisol. It stops it. And it also helps you recover a lot quicker from that workout as well. Or you can do a, a, some, a strength workout afterwards as well, and that shuts it down as well, and it also encourages testosterone. So there's two ways we can shut down that, that process of um, wasting away our aerobic muscles or our muscles from doing aerobic activity. Well, Andrew, now that you've mentioned the big T word, um, <laughs> I, I did have someone say to me in the last couple of months that uh, they believed that um, a lot of use of the legs, uh, running or, or stretching or squats, uh, leg-based exercise was increased a, a man's testosterone levels. Do you know anything about exercise and the link to testosterone at all? Usually the link is around uh, strength training. So a lot of strength training, strength training helps to produce testosterone and growth hormone, both very handy in terms of, if you think of, you know, you think of a bodybuilder, they're very lean and they're very muscly and strong. And that's the sort of characteristics that it's heading towards. I mean, not that by doing a little bit of strength training, you're going to look like a bodybuilder, but it is, that's the sort of thing that it's improving. So it's improving your, your leanness. So it's cutting, it's um, reducing your body fat and it's also increasing your muscle mass. And that's, it's a certain intensity that needs to be done to get that. Um, and it's usually the heavier, the heavier weights tend to be that, but I'll put some recommendations on that because it's a, it's a can of worms if you get it wrong. So you need to kind of uh, be, work yourself into doing strength training on sort of easier stuff for a while before to get into the routine and get the technique right. And you still get benefit from that, but then you move up to heavier stuff later on and depending on what, you've got any conditions or anything like that too there's there's things to watch but yeah pretty pretty straightforward it tends to be the strength training that, that has the biggest improvement on testosterone okay now um, this might seem like we're going backwards here but let me throw in a question the average western couch potato has is blessed with a good income a ready diet lots of rich foods no need to get out of the chair because the remote will change the the the, uh, the screen and their their phone controls everything else. Um, so there's a real sense in which just getting out of it, running around the paddock or going to some room and pushing heavy pieces of equipment left and right um, seems like a, we're going back to the cave and when we've been given our luxury apartment. Um, but obviously that lifestyle has got to be really bad for our health. And so there has to be uh, an awareness in the mind of the average spoiled Westerner that they really owe it to themselves to get off their backside and, and, and begin to work on these things. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a conundrum, I guess, of the Western, Western world. Like it's, it's something that we need to find that, that thing that will motivate us or that thing that will get us out the door uh, for for cyclists, like from my point of view, from the, the people that I coach, there's a couple of ways that they get motivated. Some people just like to train, like to get fitter, like to like the process. Other people will want to do well on certain events. And then there, uh, there's another interesting area where there's this application. I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but there's probably other ones with different sports and things, but called Strava. And that is a very clever piece of, software or an, uh, a, web, a website that you go riding with your GPS on a little bike computer that has a GPS and it tracks where you've gone um, it watches you go over different climbs and different 
different rides, different areas, and it will, you'll load this back into this um, website later on, or it'll automatically do it. Um, and that will show other people will have set little courses along all over the countryside. And when you go right over that course, it will show you how you rank on, on that course, whether you were the third fastest or the whatever. So there's this quiet competition going on with everyone that's on this application called Strava of these different courses. And they might just look at their, compared to their friends or um, this year or whatever. So they can see how they rank at different times of the year. You know, So there's, there's a sort of a little little competition that's a lot more subtle um, going on. So there's different things like this that can help motivate as well, which is just a more fun way of doing it. Um, lots of different online type ways of doing it as well. So um, yeah, you've got to find that thing that'll, that motivates you to do, do the training, I think, or do the exercise. And once we can figure that out or uh, find something that will do that, then we, I think we're halfway there. Okay, Andrew. So we need to just about wrap this up, I think, but um, Chris, I think we need to summarize where we got to. Okay. Wow. Well, we've covered an enormous amount of stuff from my point of view as I, as I look at this, but let me just, let me see if I've got you right, Andrew. Uh, There's, there's a bunch of, pieces of equipment, uh, often quite simple, that we can use ourselves to be able to work out um, where we are at physiologically, particularly heart rate, um, blood pressure. Uh, we can find out our, our fat to, to muscle ratios. These different things can be worked out. The important thing then is to be able to work out how we can progress, how we can get to a healthier balance on all of those things get to better benchmarks for our actual health, particularly probably related around our age, because I guess that would that they would change with age, wouldn't they, Andrew? Yes, yes, they would, yep. yep. So as, as we work that through based on, on, on where we're at, to be able to assess ourselves whether we really are in a good position for our future. And, of course, as you discussed right back at the very beginning when we first had you on the program, uh, even things like our mental health, our alertness, uh, issues to do with... Uh, just the fitness of our body, our strength, so that we don't fall over because our body just doesn't have the physical strength to keep us on our feet. All of those things are enhanced by um, improving our overall fitness. So we can do that at an, at an elite level, or we can back right back down to just simply plodding along. I think something I, you didn't say in, in words, but you seem to hedge around as you were giving a description earlier. You said that it has to be something that we're prepared to do and I guess from my point of view, I like the idea of it. It's got to fit my lifestyle. If it fits my lifestyle and I can build it into my lifestyle, then I'll keep doing it and I'll keep getting the benefit. If it's like go away for two weeks to some exotic retreat, well, I'm going to do that once every five years. Like, huh, you know, I'm only going to get a temporary benefit and, and trash that in the time after that. So I like to find routines uh, that I can build into my lifestyle that uh, and of course with that you mentioned about adjusting your diet making sure you're eating whole foods and things that are going to give us good carbs and good uh, good calories i should say to burn up so that uh, we've got healthy stuff in our body and it seems to me from what you're saying that every single one of us if we wanted to could take mastery over our health exactly like it's it's just a question of starting in many respects and then just tracking and measuring as you go. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing amongst people that I train is that if you want to see what the ones that improve are the ones that consistently do it. They, they see the training plan I've written and they do it. They don't uh, think, Oh no, today it's a bit weird or um, 
feeling a bit tired today or whatever it is, they, they tend to just go out and do it. Um, that, so consistency is the thing you need to, need to do. And so putting it into some sort of routine in your day, maybe the first thing when you get up in the morning might be, might be exercise routine, whatever it is. It's finding that time and finding something that will help you do it. And then to, if a goal helps you do that, to motivate you to look forward to, that's, that's a good thing to put in place too. So, yeah, having it all set up so that you're ready to go and, um, yeah, an area where you might exercise could be something else you look at. Uh, you've got all the right, the right things you need, the tools that we talked about before in terms of monitoring uh, how hard you're exercising and things like that. And, yeah, starting off simply, like, don't try and do too much too soon. If it's, you know, if it's five minutes, three times a week, you know, first week, that's great because it's going gonna, it's gonna to increase as you go on or change as you go on. And, yeah, just, just getting a start and getting that consistency is probably, probably your biggest hurdle. And as Guy pointed out when we first talked to you, uh, every one of us has to have a motivation. So, guys, if you haven't got any motivation, um, we can sort of get the guy Mullen here to uh, go on a Skype call with you and frown at you or give him one of your, one of your his intense looks that intimidates you. You've got to do some exercise. Like I'm giving you now. Yeah, so... Okay, so Perhaps competition would be a good yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of way of motivating people. Get a buddy yeah, that so will work with you. The ultimate, the ultimate here then sounds like we need to have an individual plan, okay? And obviously that's why some people go to the gym and get a personal trainer and 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 so on uh would you recommend that or not uh it, it can be useful because they will um hopefully write something out for you that is specific to you realistically it is something you can do um i'll i'll try and put enough information up on the notes that you can do it yourself maybe given a couple of examples i mean I've, i often find it easy to look at some example and then tweak it tweak it from there but yeah it's it's not it's not rocket science and it shouldn't really be rocket science it's just a question of getting it in place and yeah, keeping it simple, but having, having uh, uh, certain, certain principles in place. With, to make it sure it sounds like you're downplaying and doing downplaying what you're doing and, and put yourself out of a job by saying it's, it's not, it's not <laughs> science. I hope there's none of your elite athletes uh, listening to this, but um, look, if, if somebody wants a, wants a, a personalized plan from you, can, can you help them? Yes, certainly. Uh, yeah, so my, my contact details are andrew at fitlab, fitlab.co.nz or just go to the website and you'll find me on there, which is uh, fitlab. And what do, you, what, do you offer, what, what do you offer which is different from the trainer at the gym? Right, so what we do is we have different ways of measuring. So we, we do a performance assessment at the start of someone's training plan and at regular intervals, a bit like what we're talking about with um, monitoring yourself. So we'll, we'll do a, a battery of tests and we'll relook at those in, in the future and quite regularly. And then the, the training plan that I provide would be based around what they need to work on and what they need to improve. Um, and that's all online based and you can upload from various uh, like bike computers and things like that as you go. So you can track what you're doing and, and um, make sure you're doing the right things and I can, I can look at it from my end and see what's changing and what's improving and whether you're doing it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, most of it is online these days. There's, there's some very good systems out there and um, we use a very good one that's actually based in Melbourne. So um, yeah, a little bit of a a local thing for you guys. Okay. 
All right. So we, we obviously got a lot of details that we need to be able to put in the show notes. So we will do that. And, and uh, I, I know that ultimately the best thing is for us to have an individual plan, which was tested. We were tested and so on because we've talked so much about how we were all so different, but can you put together a plan for us that if you're 40 years old or slightly older in Chris's case, and, <laughs> and you've got a six month plan of wanting to lose 10, 15 pounds, what, what can, what can we do? What's that? What's a basic plan that we could follow step by step through that? Is that something you can put together together for us? Yep. Yep. I can do that. That wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a problem. So it's, it would be looking at the overall big picture and then yeah, breaking it down into some sort of uh, right, blocks. That would that be awesome. Yeah. Guy needs that. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right. So, all right thanks for coming back on the show andrew it's uh it's it's, it's been you. informative and challenging as well and I, I feel like i need to get out of the seat and do some push-ups yeah I, right. I, I feel like exercising if i have a cup of tea i'll feel better so don't worry <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks andrew it's been great appreciate you sharing your your professional experience with us too thanks mate all right Thank you. thanks man thanks for coming coming on the show again joining us on the show and we'd love to hear some feedback what did you like? What did you not like? And, uh, and tell us what you're doing to reach your exercise and health goals. That would be awesome yeah. to be able to share that with other men. Don't forget to come over to the website, www.realmen247.org, and we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Talk for Real Men podcast at www.realmen247.org.